0: Hey, welcome to the Arizona People's Report recorded by the Stand Together Arizona Training and Advocacy Center at YWCA Southern Arizona in Tucson. I'm Mari Herreras, and together we're going to review the conversations taking place in our state with grassroots activists, leaders, organizers, community folks, and even our statewide politicians and candidates. We aim to rebuild community, figure out democracy, and get back to the roots of comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comfortable. Check us out on Facebook at YWCA Stats. Hey everyone, we're back with the Arizona People's Report, and we asked um, uh, 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 Amalia Luxardo. Mm -hmm. Um, People mess up my name, so I'm really good. (laughs) I've decided that I'm going to do the same thing to everybody else. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. She is the new CEO at the Women's Foundation of Southern Arizona, and um, I happened to be not that long ago, I remember putting it out there that. that I joined, once again, the Women's Foundation for their legislative day, their lobby day up in the Capitol. And um, let's talk a little bit about that right now. Um, sure. Uh, so uh, y'all were there to, uh, to uh, advocate for a Senate bill that was co-sponsored by Heather Carter mm-hmm. and um, I believe Sean Bowie was the
1: other uh, the dem-,
0: dem that was the other co-sponsor.
1: It's actually um, uh, Senator Carter and Senator Brophy McGee. Oh,
0: Brophy McGee, mm-hmm.
1: fantastic! Yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. Sean, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> back. Um, well, very cool. And um, do you ha- where are we now with that? Did it? continue going forward? It did. It did. Um,
1: so it's Senate Bill 1173. And what we're trying to do is add some flexibility in the language that's already there with our DES programming um, across the state of Arizona. So right now, uh, for in order for families to get ch- child care subsidies, one, one of the requirements is to work at least 20 hours a week. And so what we're trying to do is put in language that would allow those families to go to school full time in lieu of work or in combination with. Um, so that's, that's our plan, so that families that are, are currently enrolled continue to get those child care subsidies should they decide to go to school full time and then essentially get, get a higher paying job once they come out of, that, of their educational program um, and that way they get out of the cycle of poverty. So we testified already um, in front of Health and Human Services. We had a unanimous yes uh, that is that is not that is unheard of, right. um, and I was over with the Appropriations Committee earlier this week, right? Today is, is Friday, yes. <laughs> um, it was on Tuesday. I was there until 7 o'clock in the evening. It was wow. a very, very long hearing, um, but again, unanimous yes. And so we're very, very excited about where this is going. Um, we work with a, with an advocacy firm over in Phoenix, and so it's just a matter of time now for it to go over to the house. And I imagine I'll be up there again probably three weeks or so. To go before another committee. Correct. To, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So one
0: of the things we always tell people or hope to uh, inspire folks is just to not be, you know, to be engaged, but mm-hmm. to also uh, be confident in going and talking with their mm-hmm. senator or their mm-hmm. representative, mm-hmm. and being able so confident that they can do that. Either like, hey, I see my I'm, I see my uh, representative, which isn't uncommon here around here in Tucson, mm-hmm. right? To see mm-hmm. are the folks that we've elected mm-hmm. at the coffee shop or whatever. Right. I want to go up and talk to them about something that's important to me, mm-hmm. or. I would like to try uh, being in a, you know, uh, uh, going in front of a committee and uh, being able to to, uh, uh, to do what you did. Sure, sorry. to testify. Testify, <laughs> thank you.
1: That is that is a technical You're term. You're the witness now since my first <laughs> cup of coffee, so... Thank goodness you're not addicted. It's good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I'm more of a tea drinker myself. <laughs> Which I think is actually worse than caffeine, I is what know. I've heard. <laughs> I don't know. Probably does have more caffeine in it, who knows.
0: Um is and so tell me about that experience for you of of, of uh, but and in had you previously you were with the Florence project I was you were, were you were the fund development director I
1: was their director of philanthropy
0: philanthropy okay mm-hmm. and um, and so had you done any of that in that capacity before or?
1: I haven't done the advocacy work um, with the Florence project Laura St. John who's their legal director handled that piece and so the Florence project did a lot of matchmaking between um, their clients and with organizations like the ACLU that would take on those really large um, impact litigation cases. Right. And so that's what they did there. But I will say that I've been in the realm of advocacy since my early 20s. And then prior to that, um, just, in, just in school, I was always in debate, public speaking, um not It's not something that I naturally gravitated to. It's something that was always a requirement. Mm. And so by by default and by force, <laughs> you could say um, I was just trained to be in front of an audience, whether that was an audience of two people or an audience of more recently five to six hundred people with, with fast pitch.
0: Oh, right. Um, right, right, right.
1: So you know but you don't have to be a trained public speaker in order to speak with your representatives or with your senators just as you said they right. are regular people just like you and me if you read some of their bios you'll you'll see nonprofit directors educators um business owners and so they they are just normal people and i would approach them as you would a friend or a colleague and and when you're voicing a concern right, right. this is this is what's going on what can we do to solve this in our community together? And so for this bill in particular, um, there are two things that, that the community can do if they decide that they support it and they're involved. Um, one of the things is to do a request to speak, and that's something that you do online. So if if anyone is interested in doing something like that, then they can sign up through um through our website, and then we'll send them out um, an email with instructions on how to do that.
0: That's very cool. Yeah. I love that. yeah, fantastic. Good
1: deal. So that's like an online application, and and it's literally called a request to speak Mm -hmm. if they decide to go and speak, but if people aren't aren't comfortable with doing that, they don't have to do that. They just check check off a box that says, yes I support the bill right. and so the name will appear and the longer list we have the longer backing we have the more inclination that our representatives and senators will have to say yes
0: right exactly right
1: and the other thing that they that the community members can do um, is just a call mm-hmm. it's just a call mm-hmm. and talk with the representatives talk with their assist- their assistants and say we've heard about this bill we support the women's foundation and what they're doing. Please, when it goes in front of you, say yes. Right. Hopefully, we'll hear
0: from the uh, soon the, as it goes through the house mm-hmm. and 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 mm-hmm. uh, and signed by the governor and moves yeah. forward. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I remember hearing from from folks was even folks that you think it should be like a non uh, non deal in terms of like uh, this is just a, a a change, you know, in terms of saying. Rather than work, you know, school can be uh, be a, a choice as well. Sure. Um, but right away, folks tend to go, well, how much more money is this going to cost? Uh, what does this mean for you know uh, for the for the designation? Does it mean you know that that uh, uh, the school thing is going to be like a, another added? Mm-hmm. You know, every everyone always seems to go to go right. there. But I remember specifically that there wasn't additional cost. This isn't about right. additional cost. This is the same group of people that are already getting, like, about 30,000 women, I believe.
1: <laughs> exactly. And,
0: yeah. um, and that they would at least have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so last year, going with the Women's Foundation, they were talking to folks about kind of setting the tone for this conversation, mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. bill, which was a great way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And presenting... Um, Research that the foundation had conducted on um, the the benefit of these uh, of, of, of community college programming and certification certification programs mm-hmm. and how uh, you know how they can help lift people out of poverty mm-hmm. um, and it was great listening to folks um, listen, you know getting feedback from people but there just is again just this general thing that I think is, continues to be. Um, has to be part of the conversation where we need to uh, help folks understand that women do want it, want choices, right. that they want right. better opportunities for right. themselves and their children. Right. Um, that there, there is not a group of women out there that are advocating to continue to earn twelve dollars an hour right. um, in a job that's not going to offer them more benefits. And right. So that's one of the things I remember of a particular senator. <laughs> 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 um, but that's, uh, again, uh, tell me what's ahead for the Women's Foundation. I, I think one of the things I've always loved about the Foundation is just this amazing, wonderful body of research that you mm-hmm. know, y'all have put together mm-hmm. that really give us a fuller picture of life in southern arizona mm-hmm. for people for specifically for women mm-hmm. and choices that are out there and available for people what what but you know it gives everyone an idea of like our economy as well as like what do we need to support in order to make maintain those choices right um what's what's ahead
1: so um, let me uh, i'll let me backtrack a little bit so that i, I can sort of um, paint you a full picture. To go back on that research and this specific bill that you were talking about, you're right, there isn't a fiscal impact, mm. which means that taxpayer dollars aren't going to be affected by mm. this. Because again, we're not necessarily adding a list of applicants. It, these are for families that are already getting these benefits. And should they decide to switch tracks, you know, in lieu of working again, if they decide to do education, um, then they would just continue to get those subsidies. Um, so, uh, as you were saying, the Women's Foundation is largely data-driven. We've identified 33,000 um, families led by women um, that would that would qualify for these benefits. And to give you a better picture of what this looks like, um, childcare right now, on average across Southern Arizona, costs around 836 dollars a month. Mm. It's it's, it's astronomical. Crazy. And I know a girlfriend of mine that rents an apartment for six hundred dollars a month. So you're talking about childcare costing over two hundred dollars more than what you would pay for a one bedroom apartment here mm-hmm. in here in Tucson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what we're trying to do is, is is fill that gap. And so in in order once they enroll in school, what they would do is be on this fast track to getting out of to getting out of out of being stuck, mm-hmm. is what I would call it, right? Um, it would be enrolling into a, a two-year program, right, so that they can get out quicker. And we've identified 36 high-paying jobs that take 18 to 24 months to complete either an associate's or certificate equivalent, and most of those jobs pay more than double the minimum wage here in Arizona. Yeah. And so they would be able to take care of themselves, to take care of their children, to take care of their entire family, um, and again, without having a fiscal impact on the broader community across the state of Arizona, which means, again, that taxpayer dollars aren't really going to be affected by this. Right. Um, so what lies ahead for us is just to continue to make strides with this, uh, with 2019's legislative session. Um, there are quite a bit of other bills that are on the, on the pipeline right now taxes on on hygiene products, on diapers, day-to-day things that, that women with young children, um, will, it'll have an impact on them. And Ooh. so we're monitoring all of those things and seeing what happens. The $56, uh, $56 million that are going to be released for child care, that's also something that we're, that we're looking at. Um, because it's not just getting childcare in, but getting high quality childcare. I, as, as a single mother of a toddler, know that perfectly well, that, that that's gonna have a huge difference, particularly in the formidable years of our children's lives, mm-hmm. whether they're just gonna be going to a place um, that has somewhat of curriculum that can start grooming them uh, for primary school or essentially sending our children to, to, to a place where people aren't, um, certified to do the kind of work that we want them to do with our kids. So, um, so those are the things that lie ahead as far as our, um, legislative work goes. Um, for me personally, I'd like to internally expand our staff. Um, historically we've been a one woman show and quite frankly, hats off to all of our previous CEOs because I do not know how they did that. (laughs) (laughs) I do not know how they did that. Um, but we have a lot of work, and yeah. we have a lot of programs, and um, I don't want to burn out the two amazing women that we have on staff, and so I think that we need a lot more um, staff support there, and so I'm hoping to extend our staff internally in, in the next year or so. Great, mm-hmm. great, great, great.
0: Tell me, so really, you have this you have this uh, lifelong career, essentially, of, of philanthropy. I mean, mm-hmm. this has been your focus and your work, and and I'm... Um, I'm kind of curious too about like so uh, you know now going from uh, philanthropy work of the Florence project Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, maybe we should explain to folks if they don't know what the Florence project is sure but it's a a project that um, that works with uh, uh, immigrant uh, incarcerated folks detained detained immigrants right? right
1: it's the only nonprofit organization in the state of Arizona that provides free legal and social services to detained immigrants and so they have offices in um, <laughs> plug for the Florence project Ooh. they have offices in uh, in Tucson in Phoenix and in Florence and so adults are detained in Florence and um, children are detained in Tucson and in Phoenix and so the locations of the offices are really really intentional mm. and if you haven't heard of them go to their website um, www..org <laughs> <laughs> they, they just do such tremendous work and I left a piece of my heart behind yeah, for sure when yeah. I left that organization
0: It's hard you know I understand that when you leave to go, going from to different things mm-hmm. to, to continue your work uh, that can be difficult but so in this in this work at the Women's Foundation and continuing though continuing ph- philanthropy philanthropy. Um, where what where do you where, where do you see differences in terms of um, of you know uh,
1: of 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 that of that of that body of work for you sure, sure so you're right I mean I've been in I by trade i'm I'm a researcher I'm mm-hmm. an academic and so um data numbers math that's really that's that's my jam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of those uh, people. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of geek out on numbers. And so th- that's why I have the tendency to have those on top of mind. Um, but I've really worked in the in the world of philanthropy probably since my mid-20s. Um, again, it's one of those things that came to me by default. But as it turns out, I have a gift for it. Mm. Um, I have a knack. And not everybody likes to fundraise. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's mm-hmm. not everyone's calling, um, right. which is totally okay. Um, but I really, really love it. And so the difference in... Um, doing philanthropic work for a direct services organization in and in a foundation is that with a foundation you're able to set the tone mm. on on granting those dollars, mm. right? So with a direct services organization, you have um, a product to sell, so to speak, right? And that is your services, your mission, the, the, the vulnerable population that you're serving, and people buy into that. Right. With the foundation. We're the ones that have to make those kind of investments to these nonprofit partners. And so what we look at is, are those nonprofits fiscally stable? If not, what can we do to support them Mm. with our funding? Um, For us specifically, we use a gender lens and are you empowering women and girls? How are you doing that? What's the data behind that? who is at the helm leading that organization? Mm-hmm. Is it is it led by women? What kind of staff do you have? What is that um, what is the staff um, body so to speak look like in there? Do you have women? Do you have um, people of color, Mm -hmm. people that represent the community within your organization. Mm -hmm. And so it's all of those things that that we we look at, but we also are really mindful about meeting with our nonprofit partners across Mm -hmm. Southern Arizona to meet them where they are. Um, I know, again, coming from the direct services world, Sometimes what, what you had to do as an organization is create these new programs mm-hmm. that maybe you didn't really need mm-hmm. just to secure that funding. Mm-hmm. And so we don't wanna do that with the Women's Foundation. We really wanna understand what the community needs are, what the capacity is of that organization and what we can do together to meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. Because we don't wanna dictate um, how that organization should be run. Right, right. right. It's just not the right thing to do. (laughs) Right,
0: right. Well, and you've got other things to do. Right. You know, you've got to keep doing uh, the the other body of work Mm -hmm. that you have before you. Mm -hmm. So um, I could, yeah, totally could understand that, that perspective. Um, what what uh, do you see any new research coming about or any new n- new data data that you y'all are looking at that you'd like to present to the community down the road?
1: Sure, we have our our impact report. It's going to be updated the one from last year, and so that's underway. Our executive summary is actually getting done in the upcoming weeks. Um, I also know that we have a self sufficiency report coming up that that ties into um, what we've been talking about around this bill. We worked with the University of, of Washington mm-hmm. on, on that one. And so that'll be coming down the pipeline. Um, I'm trying to, I know that we had another piece, but it's escaping me right now, of course. <laughs> so It's okay. You know, it's snowing. It's, there's <laughs> lots going on today.
0: Um, no, that's that's great to hear. I'll, I'll look forward to, to hearing those. Yeah. I mean, if, if anything, I know like whenever I'm out and about in the community, meeting meeting with lawmakers mm-hmm. and and other folks, I often do reference you know the Women's Foundation, mm-hmm. or tell people. Thank you. Well, anytime. <laughs> I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here, <laughs> or you know, um, just or giving people some advice, which is you know, uh, get on their website, look at their past studies. Mm-hmm. It really gives you mm-hmm. an interesting good gives you good information. Right. Uh, to help you with whatever you're trying, you're out there advocating for, right? And understanding uh, the picture of, of what what women are are, are dealing with or mm-hmm. what women, what women need. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you feel like um, do you feel like Tucson is um, the or not Tucson? Let's not single out for Tucson, uh, but you know, <laughs> Southern Arizona uh-huh. in general. Um, do you feel like we're we're still behind the curve in recognizing some of these things that 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 can lead to positive change, or, or do you feel like you're not out there necessarily having to constantly, you know, inform people that, um, that folks get it?
1: No, I don't think we're necessarily behind the curve. Um, I think our community at large, and not not just with Tucson, but Southern Arizona mm-hmm. in general. Um, especially with what's been going on as of late, is, is really well-informed and they just need that second piece of information mm-hmm. to close the loop. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of misinformation out there, right? Um, and, and, and really there's a lot of wealth of information out there, and mm-hmm. so people have to learn how to pick and choose what it is that they're going to absorb and what it is that they're going to believe. And so um, I don't I don't think that we're behind the curve. I think there's just so much out there that maybe people don't really know um, what what to analyze mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what to take in. And so I like to believe that that's why organizations like the Women's Foundation ex- exist, especially because we are backed by by hard numbers, mm-hmm. um, and so we're able to provide that and say, listen, these are the studies that we that we have that we've done. These are hard numbers. Use this as your fact, and then make those decisions and/or opinions about mm-hmm. what you think the community um, the community needs mm-hmm. moving forward.
0: Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. The um, you know we we see that poverty is has gone down a bit. You know, mm-hmm. in this area, it's mm-hmm. not uh, we're we're we. We've, uh, that's, that's improved I, from what I understand in terms of like the early census data. Mm-hmm. But we have a new census coming that'll be, it's going to be uh, worked on around the corner, right? Yeah. So that'll be uh, interesting data for us to, new data for us to all look at mm-hmm. together and, and and see where we've gone this past dec- decade, mm-hmm. Right. I'm I'm always interested in census figures because they point to so many uh, so many things that you know are missing from mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. Um, and um, even
1: even the way the Hispanic uh, Hispanic Latino community identifies by the way oh god <laughs> <laughs> she goes through a hole <laughs> just putting it out there <laughs>
0: yes I know yeah I mean yeah it's just the census is interesting in that way uh-huh. too right <laughs> <laughs> this is for sure. Um but I think that that uh, that you know I I would hope that uh, that that we'll see a little change but um, but one of the things that uh, would be nice to to know about from your perspective is how do how what what do you see as like any missing links or maybe maybe not maybe we're all doing a good job of all of us collabor more collaboration in terms of, of making change in our community yeah seems to be like a maybe that could something that we need, you know, more, more, more collaboration. And, um, is that something that the women's foundation would like to, to support more of going forward? Oh yeah.
1: Um, I was actually just talking to a donor yesterday. I, I think it's really important to, to know and to understand that foundations in general don't like to duplicate services, right? If one organization is doing something and another organization is doing some, something similar, then you should get together and see what you can do together to do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a higher likelihood of getting funded in that mm-hmm. way, you know, just mm-hmm. as secret sauce. <laughs> right, that's no, true, right. <laughs> um, and so there, th- I think there's a confusion out there that there isn't enough work out th- th- You know, there isn't enough work out there for everyone, but that's, that's not true. Um, there's enough work to be done. But if you do it um, in conjunto, wow, my English is not <laughs> is escaping me now. Um, if we do it in, 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 in a collaborative way, mm-hmm. um, again, you're just going to have a much easier time securing that funding. And it, at the end of the day, and this is, I, I want to set this out as a reminder, it's not about us. It's not mm-hmm. about the organization. It is about the people that you are serving. Mm-hmm. And so always keeping that in the back of your mind mm-hmm. and doing what's best for them mm-hmm. and not necessarily what's best what you think is best for you right um, and so I think Tucson is sort of um, at at the edge of doing something really really cool um, and I've seen lots of organizations finally start to have those conversations and so I think we're, we're chipping away at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a bit of a ways to go, but it's definitely a start, and it's something um, that I've seen more so here than mm-hmm. I've seen anywhere else. Right. And I, I don't know if it's because Tucson is the, um, the smallest big city I've ever lived in because I've come from larger metropolitan cities, um, but I think it also has to do with a sense of community here. Mm and Mm -hmm. that we're all working towards the same goal. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something really special that that Tucson in particular has, and and something that I find across Southern Arizona, really.
0: I saw in your bio um, this line that talked about you, this work of philanthropy, of being part of a movement to create new and equitable philanthropy for people of color. I wonder if you could explain that a little bit more. I was really interested in, in what that meant and what that means to you as, as a person who works in philanthropy.
1: Here's the thing. I'm gonna, I'll give you what, what my thoughts are on, on, on being, uh, being a person of color and being a philanthropist. Culturally speaking, I think people of color have been philanthropists their entire lives. Mm. A prima calls you and asks you for <laughs> for money, and you say, yes, of course, prima, I will give you whatever you need, without even the expectation of getting it back. Right. right. Because you never know. You never know. Those are life circumstances. And so we've been conditioned, I think, from my own personal experience, to be philanthropists just within our circle. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I'm trying to do, not only through the Women's Foundation, but through other cohorts mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm part of, um, is to really change the face, literally the face of philanthropy. Because normally when people talk about philanthropy, they think of an older white man, because right. that's what's been dominating right. philanthropy. I mean, that's just the reality. And so- Formal philanthropy
0: is- Correct. Right.
1: Correct. Um, and so that needs to change because we're all philanthropists and it doesn't have to be at, you know, at half a million dollars. That That is false. Mm. Um, it ha- It could be at the $1 level, at the $5 level, at the $50 level. And all of those drops in the bucket matter because eventually it will fill up and mm. have a greater impact. And so what I'd like to do is have a a bigger conversation and provide a greater education as to what it really means to be a philanthropist because once people start to understand oh yeah I do give money to my family oh yeah I do give money to perhaps a humane society because I saw a puppy that you know that I was really tied to that they've been doing it that their entire lives and so instead of maybe giving <clears throat> giving money in that way mm. maybe give it to a foundation or your favorite organization so that it has an impact not only on that one person that you're trying to help out but on a broader scale to to more people like that that have a higher need right and so that's that's really um my own personal goal and what i strive to do through the women's foundation and again sort of on the out my my outside work on that too is for re- to people to understand that that's the, the reality of what we've what we've learned with philanthropy is no longer true it, anyone can be a philanthropist and it can be at different levels and you don't necessarily have to look a certain way in order to give
0: so well yeah exactly I think I uh, front another person I know here in Tucson who uh, used to be here at the white dub and uh, uh, works in fund development or has in, in different settings that's one of the things he'll say is that you you, you know there's just the bias that exists in general of mm-hmm. who can give and who can't, mm-hmm. and how that's just one thing that we need to, you know, dispel. Fix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And oh, that that person over there, uh, your your bias is telling you they're just not going to give. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you know until you talk to them? Exactly. Or ta- tell them talk to them about your organization. Exactly. And tell them what you're doing. Exactly. And um, I was like, yeah, that's great. Let's start reminding people yeah. that more often. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, we always see those really great stories out there, right? That you know, uh, uh, a mailman who's been working and you know forever gave their entire
1: whatever. You know, and exactly. It's like, and
0: wow, oh, who missed that call and exactly. getting that guy in? Exactly. Exactly. You
1: know? I remember um, getting an anecdote from a representative from Habitat for Humanity, mm-hmm. um, and it was a little old lady. You would have never guessed. You would have never guessed. She brought in a coffee can. um, And, you know, she said, I want to give this. I want to give this to you. And it turned out to be an an enormous amount of money. But you would have never guessed that by the way that she looked, you know, by the way that she presented herself, by the way that she spoke. You just wouldn't you wouldn't have guessed that she would have been what in our field we consider to be a major donor. Mm. Um, So I... I would definitely start to sort of wash away in your brain <laughs> what a philanthropist look like because it, it literally could be anyone. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, that's great. Plus,
0: man, I don't know. Those coffee cans are huge. You can yeah. do the <laughs> those things. I
1: mean, I don't know how she did it, but... Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: that's great. Um Okay, last question for you, and, you know, I'm just, I'm curious since you are a numbers person, your data, your data focused. Sure. Is there a number out there right now that's, uh, that you're thinking about a lot that is something that, maybe you don't <laughs> want to show your card. Okay, I don't know, but is there, is there something out there that, that that's, uh, that's, that's related to life here in Tucson, life here in Southern Arizona, that you think we should be thinking about more often? Or that should be on all of our minds.
1: Well, if I can give you a number for now, I'll give you one one seven three because that's the number of mm-hmm. our bill, mm-hmm. right? And if I if I have um, our listeners list um, sort of having a number at the top of mind, I would like that number to to be that number. Um, as far as the second part of your question is, what should we be listening to here in Tucson? I think. Um, I think it really depends um, as to, as to what you're you're interested in, and and this is something that I say to to anyone that wants to make an investment with the Women's Foundation is mm. is really meet them where they are, mm. see where their interest lies. Um, right now, I think there's a big push, as as you know, um, for women to finally have the space to speak because mm. it's not. There's this there's this, um, this assumption that we didn't have a voice or we don't have a voice, and mm-hmm. that's not true. Mm-hmm. We've always had a voice. Mm-hmm. They just never gave us the space or the seat at the table mm-hmm. in order to say what we needed to say mm-hmm. so that we can represent themselves. And so I, right now there's a big push towards that, and that's one of the reasons why I love being where i am right now with the women's foundation because that's that's what we're pushing towards too right is empowering women women and girls and their families and we're doing that through funding and we're doing that through research and we're doing that through social and political change um and so it's making sure um i i would say this is is kind of look out for for women in specific or young young women that are up and coming and make sure that they have a seat at the table mm-hmm. because there's a lot that they can bring mm-hmm. um, their their own shared experiences from the community. They're gonna be our future leaders. Mm-hmm. And so right. that's something that I would, if I, if I could tell our listeners again, to sort of what to listen out for in our community mm-hmm. or what to keep an eye out for is for those young people mm-hmm. and to give them space at the table, whatever table that may be, um, and start grooming them to be our leaders and to be better people than we are, mm-hmm. frankly. Because mm-hmm. that's what I want for my son, is mm-hmm. to be a better human being than I am and to be a better leader than I am. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if we start doing that early, I think it's just going to make a better place, not only for Tucson, but across southern Southern Arizona.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say y'all are, um, from the point of view of what I've seen the Women's Foundation in action, especially that legislative day, y'all are on a, on a roll there. That group of single moms you brought up Mm -hmm. were fantastic. They were phenomenal. they felt so empowered. You could see that. That's what I love about going to Mm -hmm. legislative days with folks who typically don't go up, you know, is that they see all of a sudden that the mystery is, they've solved this mystery of what the hell goes on Mm -hmm. up there, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. and they were, they were great. They were Um,
1: fantastic. and. That's the other part of it. While well, we bring the numbers, these are real people real with real stories. Um, and and the dollars that are put into the foundation make a real impact. Yeah. 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 Very cool.
0: Thanks so much for your time. Of course. It was wonderful to meet you. Thank and, you. And uh, I look forward to hearing what happens on the house side. I, I'm sure all good things. And... Great for the Women's Foundation, you know, really good stuff. And let's see what what next, uh, what the
1: next legislative day is going to be like. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maddie.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening, Arizona. If you like what you heard and you want to see our upcoming schedule, head to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review to help us reach more people. For more info on our podcast and the Stand Together Arizona Training and Advocacy Center, go to ywcatucson.org. And check out our Facebook at YWCASTAT. S-T-A-T.